Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Message in the series on relationships. I always like to tell you where we're going before I get to uh, the message today. Next week, I start a brand new message series that will take us through uh, Easter, actually. It'll lead us all the way up to Easter. It's a little early this year. April the 9th uh, is Easter this year. It's already that season, everybody. I know it seems like the, the days are getting shorter, and maybe they are, but um, but we're almost there uh, here in the spring season. I'm starting a new series next week called The Voice of God. Uh, I want to help you learn to decipher the voice of God. Uh, in today's uh, culture, there are a lot of voices competing for your attention, and all of them think they are right, and all of them will tell you they're the truth. But how many of you know we need to hear from God, everybody? I need God leading my life. I need to, I need to decipher and learn. I want to teach you how to learn. You can learn to hear the voice of God in your life. And I want to give you those tools uh, starting next week. I can't wait for that. But this is the final week on uh, our series on relationships. If you, haven't, um, if you missed a message or haven't been here, Love to have you catch up uh, on these messages online. This is a series for everybody to get better. And we said, if I get better, every relationship gets better. If, if I focus on me instead of you, if I focus on I'm going to fix what's wrong in my life, I'm going to fix what's wrong in my heart, I'm going to get my, my spirit right, then this relationship will get better. This, this job will get better. I'm, I'm not telling you you'll get a different boss. I'm not telling you you're going to go home to a different person. But you'll go home a different person, and it'll change the dynamics of your life. Can I get a better amen? It will if you decide, I'm not trying to fix you. I can't fix you, but I can fix me. I can work on me. I can ask the Holy Spirit to move in my life, change me, make me different, make me better, and I'll bring the best version of me to every relationship, friendship, job, church, small group team that I'm in, and everything will get better. I want to ask you today... Uh, in this final message of this series, how's your soul? Would you write on the top of your notes? I hope you're taking notes in church today. All Christians take notes in church. If you're not taking notes today, there's an altar call. You're probably a cat person. Anyway, uh, I, want <laughs> I want you to take notes in church today, or maybe your spouse taking notes for you. Right at the top of it, how's my soul? How's my soul? Now, I want to I help you understand your soul today. Uh, I, I want to teach you about your soul today. It's a word we use interchangeably, and I'll get into all of that in a moment. But this final message is about your soul health. I want you to dig deep inside of your soul and ask yourself, is it healthy? Because if my soul's healthy, if, if on the inside of me there's health, if I bring the if my soul is right, I bring you and this relationship, and this marriage, and this friendship, and this job, and this church, I bring you wholeness, and I bring you health, and I'm bringing you freshness, and I'm bringing you perspective, and I'm bringing you strength, and I'm bringing you joy, not because you've made any changes, but because my soul is healthy. Say amen to them. You can have a healthy soul. We used to teach it like this. If garbage comes in, what comes out? 
Garbage comes out. Whatever you put in comes out. Whatever's on the inside, whatever you feed on the inside of you, whatever's going on on the inside of you, it tends to come out in every, in every area. You think, well, I, I think we have a good marriage. I don't know what's wrong right now. Well, check your soul. Well, I think I'm a good employee. I don't know why I'm unfulfilled on, on, on my job. Check your soul. Well, I, I think I'm a good friend. I, th- I think I'm, I don't understand why we have this miscommunication and breakdown. Check your soul. Ask yourself, what's going on in my soul? Because everybody knows people who have a sickness in their soul. You know people who are emotionally unstable people. Don't poke anybody or point at anybody. But how many of you will know? You say, I know people who are emotionally just, they're unstable. I know overly needy people. I know people who just... They're, they're victims of, of everything, and they're always looking for a reason to be a victim. As a matter of fact, in our culture today, we have, we have glorified, we've, we've exalted victimhood to a status that you want to attain to. There was a time not so long ago when you didn't want to be a victim. When you wanted to be an overcomer and you wanted to, you wanted your life to, man, I'm, I rose above all of that. Now we've kind of exalted victimhood to a status that, well, I want to be, and I'm oppressed, and this happened because of that, and this, I, I, I need, you know, what, what's wrong with me is you, and what's wrong inside of me is you did this to me, and you, you were this way to me, and I got angry because you made me angry, and I lost my temper because you made me lose my temper, and I'm depressed because you, you made me this way, and uh, you, you, I, do you know people who are just, who are overly needy and, and codependent, and they, and they call you a, a thousand times, God, all the single people, look at me right now, let me help you with this, if he calls you three or four or five or six times in a row, run from that brother, if he's not broke down on the side of the road, he is needy, she is codependent, and marrying her is not going to make her less codependent. It's going to make her attached to you even more. And listen, the pro- I know it's funny, but the problem with that is you'll be expected to heal the hurt of their soul, and you can't do that. It's not your job to fix their soul. They leave you a thousand voicemails. Listen, everybody, look at me. If somebody's, go back through your phone and think, oh, my Lord, it's, if they love bomb you, if there's just a ton of just, I can't live without them. Oh, I can't live without them. I can't live without you. You complete me. You can, honey, I don't, you, I may complete you, but you deplete me. Are you with me, everybody? I can't, I need some space. Give a brother a night, a day. I got to have some space in my, but they're, they, you're, 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 uh, there's addiction, there's crisis, they always need, and you want to help, and sometimes you end up helping in the wrong way, and you hurt them and you hurt you, because whatever you do isn't enough, and, and you start pulling back, and now they're struggling, and I'm telling you all of this because I want you to get a picture in your mind of what soul unhealthiness looks like that you, you try and, and, and you realize at some point of all of your trying, you can't fix them because the problem isn't inside of, it's not, it's not this relationship, it's a soul problem. It's my soul's unhealthy. You are in control of your soul. Put that in your notes. I didn't put it on the screen, but you need to write it down. I am in control of my soul. 
I'm going to teach you what your soul is, but it's your inner man. It's your soul. It's, it's your emotions. It's your thoughts. It's your responses. It's your attitude. Let me give you some Bible. Flip over the New Testament. Rarely, you probably have, have if, if read all the way through your Bible, you've read this, but turn to 3 John. You just keep going. Go to, go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, not that one. Acts, Romans, keep going. You just just keep flipping all the way through. Keep going through the Timothys, the Hebrew kids. Just keep going. You're, there's three Johns. You're looking for the third one, okay? And they're short books. First John, second John. Guess where they put third John? Right after second John. They made it easy for you. It's page 1078. I know you're looking for that, so in my, in my Bible. It's one chapter. It's a simple chapter. It's the last thing the Apostle John would write, and and he writes something so profound. This verse is hidden in this tiny one-chapter book, 14 verses in this one chapter, and the second verse is this tiny verse that really, I think, gives you the the key and and the clue to how you can have a successful life, and it says this, Beloved, John 1 and, 3 John 1 and 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. How many of you want that in your life? Raise your hand if that's what you want. If you don't have somebody's hand up, just ask them why. Why would you not? I want to prosper in everything. And I pray that you're in health. How many of you want health in every area of your life? Not just physical. I want emotional health. I want spiritual health. I want mental health. Are you with me, everybody? And the apostle says, I pray that you prosper everywhere and that you're in health in every way. How? If your soul is healthy. The apostle John connects prosperity and health in your life to the prosperity and health of your soul. I'm helping you today because some of you, you're in a cycle of I can't figure out why this isn't working. I can't figure out why I can't break this addiction. I can't figure out why our marriage, we've gone to counseling, we still can't, it's not working. We, we've read the books, it's not working. We've done this, it's not, it's, I can't, I, I'm on my third job, I, I, the other boss was wrong, the, the boss before this was wrong, and this boss is terrible, and I can't figure it out. Why, why can't I not? I'm on, my, I'm on my third engagement, and I just can't say yes, and I got all the, there's just stuff on the inside of me, and I can't figure out what's going on. I can't, I'm battling depression, and I can't seem to get out of it. I'm, I'm, I'm with my counselor. I'm, by the way, n- no shame in that. Uh, uh, you need a counselor. I need a counselor. Everybody, uh, you're in therapy. You may even be on medicine. Like it may, you may. But I can't break this darkness in my life, and I don't understand why. And I don't know why I can't get out of this cycle of addiction in my life. And I just keep, keep, keep. Uh, there's no health in every area of my life. And listen, you'll start looking to external things to fix an internal problem. I'm not telling you to abandon all of those. I'm not telling you those things aren't healthy. I'm just telling you, if you don't have a healthy soul, you'll have a healthy nothing else. You won't be emotionally healthy. You won't be spiritually healthy. You won't be, I I don't think you'll be physically healthy. As a matter of fact, I just recently read that over 50% of the disease in Americans in Western culture, over 50% of our diseases can be traced back to a stressful lifestyle. It's how we deal with what's going on in our soul. It's, it's the stuff on the inside of us. The condition of your soul is the greatest influence of your life. Now, that's big. That's a big, that's a big statement I'm giving you for, right out of the gate. 
the condition of your soul has the greatest influence on your life. The prosperity of your life, the success of your life, the health of your life, the greatest influence is not what family you were born into, what education you have, how much money you have, what side of the tracks you were born into, how much pigmentation is in your skin. The greatest determining factor for success and health in your life is not external. It is the, it's the, it's the condition of your soul. If your soul is healthy and strong, listen to me, you can get through anything. Say amen to that. If your soul is healthy, if your soul is strong, you can get through anything. If you learn how to lead and feed, write this in your notes, I got to learn how to lead and feed my soul. And if you'll learn how to lead and feed your soul, you'll be strong in every area of your life and you will be able to overcome any obstacle that this world has for you. Now, that's the, I'm, I'm giving you big statements here. Like, I'm giving you life-changing statements here. If, I, if, I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm, if it's true, if I'm telling you the truth, and I think that I am, this has the potential to change your life. That if I figure out how to, two things, lead my soul... And feed my soul. And everything in my life, I can get through anything. I've seen people, I, I, I'll never forget several years ago, I was in the Fort Worth area. I went to a funeral. Uh, it was the most, one of the most tragic funerals I had seen. It was a pastor who pastored a church there uh, for about 40 years. I think 43 years he'd been at the same church, everybody. I don't know if I have 43 years in me. I'm just telling you all that right now. I'll be in my 80s. Brother's going to be on a beat somewhere, okay, with short pants and long socks. You know what I mean? I, I, ain't, I ain't, brother ain't going to be here till he's 80. But he pastored this church, and he took this church in his 20s, and had pastored for, for 43 years, I think it was. And we were at the funeral of his daughter, who had taken her life. Raised in this church. Born, dedicated, raised in this pastor's home and had struggled with, with mental illness and, and depression and darkness and, and ended her life. It was horrific. And from around the country, we went to honor this wonderful bishop and, and this incredible couple. And I'll never forget, Brandy, I tell you, I, I sat on the second row. I had a row of friends. We all went. It was somber, everybody. I mean, you, you think this is heavy. You should have been in the room. I mean, heavy, heavy. And I'll never forget that the, the, uh, you know, the worship team comes to the front. And in our faith tradition, we're a worshiping kind of people. And, and so we started the funeral service, the homegoing service with worship. And I thought, man, I don't know if I can do that. You know, I don't know if I can worship. And I'm seated and I'm crying. Everybody's crying. We just, I just have my hands folded and it's, it's somber. And out of the corner of my eye, this old pastor, the father of the woman in the casket, on the front row, stands up, places jam-packed, thousands of people, jam-packed, stands up all by himself and raises both of his hands, throws his head back, and I can hear him singing worship to God. Well, let me tell you something, folks. It didn't take about 10 seconds. The rest of the room stands up. 
And the hands are in the air. And the Holy Spirit moved in the room. Why am I telling you that? How do you have that kind of strength? You don't get that with an unhealthy soul. You face the darkest seasons of your life with strength and grace if your soul's healthy. You stand at a casket with no answers if your soul's healthy. You go to church the next Sunday after you bury your spouse if your soul's healthy. You come to church the weekend after you get diagnosed with cancer if your soul's healthy. You get through the, the hardest, darkest sea. You have un. If you want to know what gives people uncommon strength, this right here, that their soul has been strong, it's healthy, they got something on, they're able to overcome anything the enemy throws at them, all forms of advert. The other side of the equation is also true. Listen, if your soul is out of control, it is on full display whenever you're offended or attacked or questioned or called into account for something you've done or challenged. You see an unhealthy soul come up when that happens. I can always tell that your soul isn't healthy on the inside when you don't have any defense against temptation. When you say things like, I could not control myself. I could not help it. I was out. I can't do that. It's too hard. I'm giving you examples of a healthy soul and an example of an unhealthy soul. I just can't. This is too much for me. I'm not telling you it's not hard. I'm just saying it could be you don't have health in your soul if you think, I just, I can't deal with this. I can't handle this. I'm offended by this. I feel attacked right now. If you have no patience with difficult people, I'm helping somebody now. If you have no patience, now listen, I deal with this, everybody. There's a reason why we have, we have a car decals for our church uh, that you put on the back of your vehicle. I'd love to get every one of you one. I'd love for you to, and, and, and I love seeing them all through uh, town. I've seen them in the wilds, what Brandy and I say. We just, we, you know, pull up through, you know, H-E-B, and I see them everywhere, and I love it, and I just, I, I love seeing them. But some of y'all don't need them on the back of your car because when you pull up beside somebody, Y'all giving that Texas greeting that ain't Christian. Are you with me, everybody? Right? You don't have any patience for difficult people. And I, Where does that come from? Why do you fly off the handle? Is your soul healthy? Is your soul healthy? Why, why can I not? Why, can I, why do I have a tough time with deep relationships? Is this helping anybody? Why do I have a tough time with deep relationships? Is your soul healthy? Why, why can't I? I, I, it just, I? I just don't make friends easy. No. You may have an unhealthy soul. We need soul help. And I want to help us today as we end this series on relationships. It's not, it's not you. It's probably me. It's probably in, in, in my soul. And we need some soul help. Let me give you some theology really quick. You need soul help because it's, your soul does not get saved. I know some of you are thinking... What kind of church is this? <laughs> like, I, 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 stick with me because I'm going to give you some real theology that, that we use words interchangeably. And even in the Bible, there's some interchangeable translations of words, but they don't, they, they don't, they don't mean the, the same thing. Let, let me give you uh, uh, some theology. You are justified. It's called justification when you get saved. When, 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 you, when you repent of your sins, you receive forgiveness from the Lord in your life, you make Jesus Lord of your life, salvation is instant. It's justification. 
You are made right before the Father the moment that the blood of Jesus is applied to your heart. Are you with me, everybody? But deliverance is a process. Let me say that again. Salvation is instant. But deliverance is a process. The, the theological word for that process is sanctification. You, I'm, justification happens because of Jesus. Sanctification happens because of me. I'm going to prove it to you in the Bible. Because some of y'all are looking at me like, I don't know what kind of church this is. I don't know what kind of false doctrine this fellow's got. Watch this, Ephesians. Ephesians 2 and 8. The Bible says God saved you by how? His grace. Whose grace? His grace. Whose grace? He did it all. The, the old song said Jesus paid it all. It's, God saved you by His grace when you believed. It was nothing you did. You can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Say amen to that. Salvation is a gift. God gave it to me. Verse 9, salvation is not a reward for the good things that you've done. Nobody can boast about, well, I saved, I got cleaned up my life up, I got ready, I got right. No, no, no. God did it all in Jesus. God did everything when he sent Jesus to save us. Jesus on the cross, it's the gift of God. You didn't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything about it. You can't get good enough for God to give you salvation. It's grace and it's his grace alone. Shout amen to that. That's justification. Now wait for you clap. Because I've never met a Christian who doesn't love that. That's good preaching, white boy. I like it. No work. I like Jesus did it all. The first step is grace. The second step is you walking that grace out. So I'm going to give you the same Bible. I'm going to give you the same author. Philippians 2 and 12 says... Work hard. Uh-oh. Pastor, I didn't think we had to do any work. You're wrong. You don't have to do any work to get saved, but you got to work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Here's why, verse 13, because God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Justification is instant and it's God's business. Sanctification is a process and you and I have to work. We have to ask, we got to work with God on the inside of me, the health of your soul. Let me teach it to you like this. This clear container is your body. Now, I wish mine was shaped a little more like this. Mine's got a little bubble right here in the front. I wish I was tall and slender like this. God did not make my, my container like this. God made you in his image, yes or no? Yes. God is triune, Father, Son, and Spirit, yes or no? So if he made you in his spirit and he's triune, you are triune just like your God. Your body is not you. This flesh, this good-looking Five foot seven, six and a half ish. <laughs> this is not you. It's why when you die, we're going to bury that and we didn't bury you. 
we buried the container that had you in it. You are the other two things in the container. Your spirit is the water. It's everywhere. You see that? It fills up. Your spirit is the only thing that gets saved. When God saves you, when, when you, when you go to heaven, when you die, your body, this container, we put it in the ground, you say, well, what goes to heaven? Your spirit. That's you. And your soul, triune, you're, you're a soul, you're a spirit who has a soul that lives in a body. You're a spirit, that's that water, who has a soul who lives in a body. You're a spirit. You're not writing it down, so I'm going to say it to you do. You're a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. Now listen, because here's what i got to teach you. I can't teach you about all of this today because i got eight minutes left. i got to teach you about your soul. What is your soul? Look at these. Your soul is made up of three things. Your triunion manifestation, just like your God. And your soul is made up of three units. Your emotions, your will, and your mind. Your soul is your emotions, your will, and your mind. You draw that on your notes. You're a spirit. That's that water. That's what gets saved. With a soul, your soul is made up of your emotions, what you think, how you feel. We, we talk about our heart. If you're in your Bible, when it says, if you talk about the Lord living in your heart, the Lord doesn't live in your, in your muscle, everybody, all right? It doesn't, he doesn't, it doesn't, that what that means. Serve the Lord with all of your heart. That doesn't mean your heart muscle. Your heart is another word for your soul. It's my emotions. It's my will. It's what I think. It's my mind. All of those things, the reason they're connected is because you can't disconnect them. You can't just be emotional. I'm helping somebody now. You can't just be emotionally healthy and not mentally healthy. Because your soul's one unit. It's connected. Are you there, everybody? You can't just will yourself into sanctification and have emotional instability and mental instability. If God heals your soul, He heals all of that. And the only thing that gets saved is your what? Spirit. You're, you're nervous. You don't know. Spirit. Your only thing that gets saved is your? All right, now watch this. So you get saved. comes into your life. You get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You get, it's a, it's a second baptism. You're baptized into the body of Christ when you're saved. You get baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seals you at salvation. He fills you. Look at this. And He starts moving through your spirit. You see that? It's not instantaneous. It's a process. The Holy Spirit is moving through my spirit. He's, he's, it's getting darker, isn't it? He's filling up areas of my life. He's, he's helping me overcome problems in my life. He's strengthening me when I'm weak. He's comforting me when I'm down. He's leading me when I'm confused. He's the spirit of truth when I don't know which way to go. Now listen, if we wait long enough here, the Holy Spirit will fill up my entire spirit, yes or no? Where does the Holy Spirit surround? 
soul. And the reason why you need the Holy Spirit in your life is because without it, it's just floating around doing whatever it feels. But when the Holy Spirit comes into my life, it surrounds my soul and my soul can get healthy. When I get saved, my spirit's made perfect. My spirit is renewed. My spirit is empowered. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, He surrounds my soul. Listen, you can be saved and your soul still need work. That's why I need the Holy Spirit surrounding my soul because I got to get my emotions in check. I got to get my will. You want willpower? People say, man, I would go to the gym if I just had willpower. I wouldn't eat Oreos. That's just an example. If I had willpower, I would... I would come on. I wouldn't lose my temper if I had willpower. I wish I could get my mind right. I wish I could keep my emotions stable. Let me tell you how to keep your mind, your will, and your emotions, your soul. You need a baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life so my soul is healthy. <laughs> my na- th- listen, the spirit gets saved instantly. The rest of me's got to catch up. Now, the problem is, listen, some of you have been saved 20 years and the rest of you hadn't caught up. Right? You've been saved five years and you haven't gotten your soul in check. It's why every Sunday I tell you, Holy Spirit, I need more. I still got problems. I need more in my life. Are you with me, everybody? I need you to fill me again. I need you to baptize me again. I need more of you in my life. I can't. One service isn't enough. One time isn't enough. One group isn't enough. One serve isn't enough. I need the Holy Spirit in my life because my soul needs that. Shout amen to that, everybody. You can be like a baby. You're fully alive, but you got some growing up to do. And that's what soul health is. It's saying, God, I'm going to give you my emotions and my will and my mind, and I need help. Let me give you three areas the Holy Spirit can help you. Over, You can get soul health in your life. Your, your, your soul can mature. And if your soul gets better, everything gets better. If my soul is healthy, if my mind is healthy, my will, my emotions, if I get that part, that's, by the way, look at me, that's not God's job alone. I got a part to play. You read it. Philippians says it, work hard. Work hard. You got to work hard at getting your emotions in check. You got to work hard, especially if you're married to an old crazy person, right? Especially if you work at a job with a crazy person, you're thinking, man, I don't know how to get this right. It's every day I got to say, my soul, you're going to get right today. You're, you're not going to have an emotional outburst today. You're not, you know how to get your willpower and temptation. You're going to say, soul, you're going to have to, you're submitted to the Holy Spirit today. You're not going to do what you want to do today. Mind, you're not going to take over today. Depression isn't taking over. My soul is going to be healthy because I'm submitted to the Holy Spirit today. Say amen to that, everybody. Let me give you three areas you need it. Number one, you need victory over sin you need victory over sin this is old time preaching you need victory over sin I, this is not the I'm not the kind of preacher to tell you it's okay to not be okay it's okay to not be okay but when God convicts you about you not being okay you need the Holy Spirit to make you better it's so God finds you where you are but he loves you too much to leave you where you are 
you got to have the want to to be able to say, Holy Spirit, I need help in this. It's not okay for me to be an emotional basket case the rest of my Christianity. It's not okay for me not to have willpower over this addiction for the rest of my life. It's not okay for me not to have mental stability when I'm a born-again, blood-bought, Jesus-name believer. It's not okay for me to always struggle in my mind because the Holy Spirit can surround my soul. i got to get to work on my soul. You need victory over sin. You got to have victory over habits and addictions and attitudes. And I know sin can be discouraging because you think, man, I shouldn't have done that. I don't want to do that, but I don't feel like I have anything. I don't know what to do. And the devil starts tormenting you and telling you, who do you think you are? You, you can't ever get over this. The apostle Paul had this issue. Romans seven twenty one. He said, I find this law at work in my soul. I want to do good. And the evil's right there. For my, here it is, my inner being, in my soul, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my what? Part of my soul. Making me a prisoner to the law of sin at work where? Inside, in my soul. And, and then Paul said, I'm a wretched man. Who will rescue me from this Who'll take care of me? Who'll rescue me from this trap I'm in? Subject to death. And he answers his own question. Verse 25. Thanks be to God. Who does what? Who does what? Who does what? You are not a victim to your tragedy. You can be delivered. You can have hope again. You can have hope again. You can have a soul that's healthy. You can have victory over sin. You can have victory over sin. You need steps to have victory over sin. Number two, write this down. You need healing from your wounds. I'm just, I'm helping you get your soul healthy. You need victory over sin. You need to confess your sin to the Lord. God, I'm dealing with this and I've been dealing with this and I'm tired of dealing with this. I need victory over this. I, w- I want to give this part of my life to God. It's sin and I know it's sin and I need deliverance. You need healing from the wounds of your life. You need healings. Negative things that have happened. Events in your life. Trauma in your life. If sin is what I've done to myself, a wound is what you've done to me. You need deliverance from both. Right? You need deliverance from the sin that you've chosen. And you need deliverance and healing from the wounds that some other person has inflicted on your life. Sometimes your soul's unhealthy, not because of what you did, but because of what they did. Because of how they left. Because of what they said. Rejection, divorce, tragedy. Words that were spoken over you. Write it down like this. If you don't heal from what hurt you, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. If you don't heal from the wounds that hurt you, You'll go into every relationship with an unhealthy soul. And now I've, now I've compromised this relationship, not because you did anything wrong, but because I didn't heal from that one. Now I go to this church skeptical because that church hurt. Now I get in this relationship untrusting because that relationship was betrayal. 
now I can't give my heart fully to this marriage because that marriage didn't work. Are you with me, everybody? If you don't heal from what hurt you, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. You'll take that. It's the tragedy of a wounded spirit is that you'll take that with you. If your soul's not healthy, you'll have unhealth everywhere. Ephesians 4 and 26. I read this to you a couple of weeks ago. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, I told you this a couple of weeks ago. The day of your hurt should be the day of your healing. Come on, the day of my hurt should be the day of my healing. Well, pastor, I can't just let them off the hook. Fine, leave them on the hook. But just so you know, if they're on the hook, you're going to be carrying them around by the hook for the rest of your life. You, you follow me? If you don't let them off the hook, then the hook that, that they hurt you, you're going to carry that around for the rest of your life. you got to heal from the wounds of your life. Number three. This is the one I had to get to this point to tell you. You got a real enemy. There's a real devil, and you need authority over the enemy. You need victory over sin. You need healing from your wounds. And you need authority over the devil in your life. Now, this is the order. Listen, the order matters. Because a lot of times we want to blame the devil because my soul's unhealthy. If you hadn't dealt with your own sin or your own wounds, don't be going to the devil. He's the last in the line. The first thing I got to do is deal with my own sin that caused my soul to be unhealthy. The second thing I got to do is deal with my own wounds that I haven't been healed from. I don't have deliverance. And then you got to be honest about the fact you got a real spiritual enemy. You need authority over the devil. The devil doesn't make you do it all. The devil made me do that devil made me do that. My son the other day was watching something. I don't know what. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But it was an old cartoon. It had the little, you know, had the little devil and had the little angel, you know, and he said, Daddy, is that? I said, no. No, I mean, it's an old cartoon. I said, no, it's not the way that works. No, the devil doesn't make you do all of that. But, but listen, I, I tell it like this. I don't think there's a devil under every rock, but I think there may be one under every other rock. Right? So everything's not the devil. Some stuff is. Some, it's probably more spiritual than you think it is. You need authority over the enemy. Many of us are trapped in our problems and our past, not because of sin or because of our wounds, because the enemy's left you trapped in that. Whether you like it or not, you've got to be alert. God has given you authority over the devil. Say amen to that. We have authority over the devil. Ephesians 6 and 10, finally, be strong, how? In the Lord and in His mighty power. How am I going to do that, Pastor? Put on the full armor of God. Every time I wake up, I pray this every single day, I pray Ephesians 6 and 10. I put on the full armor of God that I may take our stand against the devil's schemes. Put on that helmet of salvation. God, I give you my mind today. Come on, bow your heads. I'm going to pray this over you. Open your hands to the Lord. I give you my mind today, God. I, I put on the helmet of salvation on my mind. I put it on to my thought life. I give you my mind, my thoughts, everything on the inside of me that's swirling around right now. I guard my mind. I put on the armor of God over my head, over my mind. I pr I'm protected in, uh, in my mind against depression. I'm 
protected against anxiety. I'm protected against anger. I'm protected against the evil thoughts that are in my mind. Put on the helmet of salvation. Then I put on that breastplate of righteousness. Come on, put it on. I, I, I cover my heart up. I cover my soul up here. I, I cover the most vulnerable parts of me. The righteousness of Christ covers me. I'm not covered in my own good works. It's the breastplate of righteousness of the one who saved me. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. I wear that over my heart. It protects my vital organs. It protects what matters most to me. I put on that breastplate of righteousness. Come on, I put on that belt of truth. Put it on. I, I carry the truth in, 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 on my body. I carry carry the truth into this day. I refute every lie of the devil. I, I come against every false pretense, everything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. I believe what God says about me. I believe what the Word of God says about me. I wear the belt of truth in my... I, come on, put on that full armor. I, I put the... I, I, my feet are covered in the gospel of peace. They're prepared to walk in peace everywhere I go. When I walk in a room, peace walks in a room. When I walk in my job, peace walks into my job. When I walk into my home, peace walks into my home. I take up the shield of faith. My faith is what I use against the fiery darts of the enemy. You don't get my mind. Devil, you don't get my family. I got There's faith in this house. I take up the shield of faith. I hold it up against doubt. I hold it up against every plan of the enemy. I, I'm shielded. My family, my marriage, my children, we're shielded by faith. I put in my hand the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord. I hide the word of God in my heart. I use the word. I pray the word. I claim every promise of the word. Everything God has for me, I claim it over my family, over my life, over my soul. Come on. I'm just teaching you. Keep your eyes closed and your hands open. That's how you have a healthy soul. You put on that full armor of God. You say, I, I'm, I'm getting victory over this sin. Come on, repent of every sin in your life right now. Just repent. Just tell the Lord, I'm sorry. I turn from it. I turn away. I turn away from the sin that I've let take over my life. The anger, the addiction, the stuff. Not the stuff that's happened to me, but stuff I choose. I turn from my own sin. I need victory over my sin. And God, I give you my wounds. Come on, tell him. I give you the wounds of my heart. I need healing from the wounds that have happened to me. I didn't choose it. I need healing in that. And I take my stand against the devil. I cover my mind, my family, my body, my, my heart, my soul is covered in the armor of God. Now ask him to fill you. Come on, would you do that? Would you pray that kind of vulnerable, open prayer? Fill me, Holy Spirit. Surround my soul. Holy Spirit, come into my life and fill every area. My mind, my emotions, my will, I give it to you. I need a healthy soul. And when my soul's healthy, then I can be healthy. When my soul's prospering, my marriage can prosper. My job can prosper. My children can prosper. Holy Spirit, I give you access to my soul today. Surround me, fill me. Make me like you. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout a big amen. Amen. Come on, do you receive the word of the Lord today? Give him praise for his word, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. 
You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.